To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn 2.05 APY all through your brokerage account. Secure, secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. And when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Well, I don't know how to write. I'm going to do a bad job. I don't really like assignments. I'm going to have to do it perfectly. I need to wait till I have enough time. And like one of those is enough to stop you cold, and all five of them, you're just done. And so I tell people, do it haphazardly, a tiny bit at a time, and badly. Because you can do that. I tell my students when they're doing their thesis, master's thesis, write a really bad first draft. And then we have a little conversation about that, because they don't think I mean that. Because it sounds like a cliché in some sense. It's not a cliché. It's not a cliché at all. It means you're a terrible writer. But, but if someone put a gun to your head and said, you have to have your 100-page thesis done by next Monday, or I'll shoot you. But I don't care how terrible it is, you would sit down and write it. And the thing is, then you have it, right? Then, then you have something, and then you can fix it. You can iterate and fix it. That bad first draft, that's the most valuable thing, and so that's what you need. You need a bad first draft of yourself. And there's, there's an idea that Jung developed about the trickster and the jester, the comedian, right? That, the, the trickster is the precursor to the savior. That's one of the things I learned from Jung that was just, it's so unlikely, you'd never think that. It's so amazing that that might be the case, but the, 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 the satirical and the ironic and the, and the troublemaker, the, the comedian, the fool, the fool is the precursor to the savior. Why? Because you're a fool when you start something new. And so if you're not willing to be a fool, then you'll never start anything new. And if you never start anything new, then you won't develop. And so the willingness to be a fool is the precursor to transformation. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. You can find me on Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash P-O-S Sarcasm for the follow page. The friend page is... 
Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm, so you can go and hit me up on there. You can find me on the YouTubes, two channels, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Dropped a new video a couple days ago. I was in jail for a few days, so I figured why not turn it into a YouTube video. That's kind of how it went, but not really, but still, I mean, there's still a video out there. So go ahead and check it out. Like, subscribe, share. It's a good one, folks, and it's a shorty because our intention spans are short because let's face it, all you fucks are on Ritalin. But I am streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios every Wednesday and Sunday and whenever I have guests in studio. And if you are a guest in the studio, make sure you sign the waiver. And of course, you are needing, nowadays, you have to sign two things when you show up here at the Spare Parts Studios. If you are going to be on the podcast, you have to sign the waiver form. And of course, which is basically just if I was to record you, I'm not going to take your uh, your thing and say that, hey, you like Nazis. Um, but that's... That's it, just saying, hey, I can record you and all that shit. Anyways, and the other one is a parking by permit only sign. It's a, I'm not going to say whether it's genuine or not, but it is in my studio. It does have my late my sticker on it, so that makes it official. So you have to sign the waiver, and you have to sign the parking by permit only sign, um, as inspired by um, one of my, co- my, co- my collaborators that I uh, just recently worked with. So uh, she told me, hey, you need to uh, get something to uh, put up in the studio that has everybody sign it. And I'm like, hmm, that's a good idea. And it just so happens like the very next day, poof, there it was right in front of me. So I went and took that as an advantage. So th- thank you uh, for the um, for the recommendation, for the thought. And it turned out beautifully. So once again, streaming live uh, Thursday, Wednesdays and Sundays. And you can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, Podcast Attic, where we can get podcasts. Um, coming to the end of my uh, honeymoon romance with Café Dumont, I'm finishing up the very end of the dark roast, the French roast, which actually is not as good as the chicory. The chicory had some serious punch to it. It was like, see, I don't know, is it chicory, shikori, shishrara, uh, kielbasa? But it's, it was, that was, that stuff was incredible. Uh, but this stuff is kind of light. However, I have it mixed with a little bit of uh, SB vanilla, French vanilla, and then I have it mixed with coconut cream, which I said you can find in the Thai kitchen and then the Asian food section. And I have it mixed with that, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Looking at my notes for today, the first thing I see is a little diddle that I did of the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, of course, let's see. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> I was doing, uh, I have a bunch of, you know what? This is such a good time. January is a great time for, if you are not going outside and you're not doing anything and you're not shooting any real creative content, it's a great time to upgrade your gear. And I've been talking about it uh, for the past, well, every year I talk about it because I always end up doing it. I was actually comparing my little handy cam that I pretty much first started the video, the video, my video adventures with to the one I have now. And whoo, talk about girth. Uh, but no, and I'm still upgrading. I just got a new tablet that's coming in the mail. I've got SSD drives that are coming in the mail for two of my laptops, which is going to change the speed forever. If you go into Windows 7 or Windows 10, and you go into, you right click in, on the actual My Computer icon and you click Properties. It'll tell you an actual score, a, a base score of your computer's overall performance. And you can, when you plug it in, you just hit, uh, 
you just hit refresh and it'll go through all the processes that your computer does and it'll tell you the strengths and the weaknesses of your computer as far as your processor, you know, your calculations per second, the memory operation per second, your RAM basically, the graphics and how that's working, whether you have an onboard graphics card or you have uh, a specialty, you know, computer or desktop that has an external graphics card. Uh, your gaming gra well, excuse me, your gaming graphics and your graphics are two different scores. Uh, if, if you have an onboard graphics card, which you can Google, Google onboard graphics and it will tell you more about it, those scores will generally be the same. And then finally is your hard disk, your hard drive, where all your information is stored. That score has its own score. And I noticed that with this um, i3, this Core i3 that I have, that I pretty much goes everywhere with me, that is the, the lowest score on this thing is my hard drive. Um, nerd talk, by the way, spoiler alert, or nerd alert, excuse me. The hard disk well i was just trying to repair this computer to get it up to speed and everything like that i filled it full of ram i cleaned it out you know bare bones it but the hard drive i put in there was so goddamn old it's like an old toshiba hard drive it flipped the bill i was like perfect this this should do the trick no problem just to get the computer up and running but apparently it's so old it's not even that fast of a hard drive and it's really uh compromising the actual speed of the computer and it's nothing special it's just like an older i3 but the RAM is jacked out. There's not a lot of processes running on at the same time. So I have an SSD drive coming for it. I'm literally just going to ghost it and ch and uh, put an the SSD is like a is like an internal jump drive. So the the speed will probably I've been looking online. You can go and look up. Uh, you can look up s if you Google what if you really want to see the difference between what an SSD drive an mm an M2 drive. And an old school hard drive where you can hear the little disc spin like a cassette player. If you want to see the speed difference, you can go on YouTube and type in SSD versus HDD versus M2. And it'll tell you and it'll show you. It'll show three things. Just click on it. We'll click on the video and it'll show you how fast it takes to boot like a video game, how fast it takes, how long it takes to boot like Windows or, or Ubuntu or Windows 10 or how to boot certain programs. And it'll show you the, t the time difference. Now, the time difference between M2 and SSD are noticeable. They're very close. So for the money, M2 isn't necessarily worth it. For the money, you can go out and get an SSD drive for like between 20 and 40 bucks. The, but the difference in speed between old school hard HD, hard disk drive and SSD is catastrophic. Okay, catastrophic? Uh, astronomical. That's the, num that's the word I'm looking for. That's the number. Three. Three bats astronomical difference astronomical difference so is it worth it to upgrade before upgrading before upgrading your computer is should you upgrade your hard drive and your ram and the answer is yes because for about 30 to 40 bucks you can max out the ram in your computer depending upon your computer if it's like an old i3 or an i5 it'll cost you 30 40 bucks and the same goes for the hard drive and you can have a completely brand new computer that can do anything that your basic de that your standard desktop or mid-range computer can do today and it'll cost you between 50 and 80 bucks i did it it cost me 30 bucks for the hard drive and it cost me nothing for the ram because i already had it and then of course if the battery dies you can buy the battery on ebay for like 10 bucks if the if the charger adapter dies you can buy that for 10 bucks you can literally piece together these these older computers and have them up and up and running because like i said it's not really worth your time to go out and buy something brand new because you're still spending four or five hundred bucks so i just wanted to go through that and then the other computer 
the de- the Dell is still being uh, pieced back together. And then once that's done, that's going to be my uh, runaround computer. That's going to go with me if I'm doing video editing or whatnot. This i3 that that you get me, you get to hear me read. Uh, the I'm, I like to show you the inside operations of how I do things here and how I try to make sense of all of it without spending too much cash. Uh, but this i3 here is going to be so strong for day-to-day operations. It's going to replace the computer that runs the live stream to YouTube and runs all of my video watching and some of my video editing. So it's going to kick that old i5 to the curb and it's going to park itself right there because it's going to be super quick with uh, a, with basically nothing else running other than a few programs at a time and an SSD drive. It's going to be mad quick. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. My calculations are pretty much on point. Because, yeah, when you go, there's a ton. If you have somebody, or you can do it yourself, you can go online and you you can Google unneeded services or Windows 7 or Windows 10 services uh, background services that are not needed, background processes you can disable, and it'll give you a list of ones you can turn off. And each one you turn off saves battery, storage, and processor speed. And each one you turn off makes your computer just a little bit faster. I found some of the most notorious offenders are Windows Defender, uh, anti- uh, security virus scan stuff like that, um, ones that send data to Windows or to Google for error reporting or data collecting, those ones in particular. Um, remote desktop services and a few other ones. And you just, you get about 10, to, you shut about like, you know, between seven and 12 of them off, computer runs completely different. So that being said, uh, that's my plan is to basically just upgrade all these computers and then rotate them out accordingly. And then we'll see what happens. I wanted to, uh, let's see, on the docket today of things I did maybe want to talk about, but we'll see, because I generally go on these random rants is uh, the, the Terminator franchise, whether we should fix it or kill it, the veggie chip rankings, which I didn't get a chance to talk to last time, Q&A by Dig, as always, uh, FYI to P- Okay, now we'll start with this. This is about people that... I posted uh, for sale some... Because some, one of the things that I do is I find parts or I, I sell things because it's easy cash. Everybody does it. Is you sell things on Craigslist or you sell things on Facebook Marketplace or whatnot. And I generally know what I'm selling. I test all of it to make sure that it's good or that it's going to serve some use to someone. And I'm offering to anything that I can test right there in the spot with somebody before I sell it to them because I always hold their I always hold their fi- their monetary I always hold their money before they uh for I hold it for a few days while they have a chance to you know get it because people are busy they don't, don't just go home and that's the end of it. I don't want to treat the stuff I'm selling like it's the fucking clearance rack at Macy's. No refunds. Uh, so I give them a few days to check it out. But as far as like RAM goes or whatnot, RAM is pretty standard. There's DDR2, which is probably, that's the lowest amount that you could possibly be using on a, on a usable computer nowadays is DDR2. Then there's DDR3, which is, which is a more of a modern standard. DDR4 is like what's out there right now. DDR4 is what you're finding in most gaming computers. It's what you're finding in most uh, computers at work. Maybe it's a mix between DDR3 and DDR4. Okay, it's, anyways, I'm, I'm getting really... I'm starting to dive deep into the nerd talk. But still, I, I knew which type it was. I knew what I was selling. I knew that for the most part, it would. it's compatible with most, if not all, computers. I got an email from somebody who wasn't even a buyer. Okay. And they stated that, actually, let me pull it up. 
I'm going to pull it up so that I can give uh, more context. This shit annoys me, and it applies to a lot of things in life. It's these people, it's these people that like to get into uh, other people's business, even though they have no interest in, and there's no stake in it for them. It does nothing to better their situation. But I want to read this email uh, as soon as this fucking thing loads. See, this thing definitely needs an SSD drive. Uh, all now of a sudden, all of a sudden, it, now it decides. Oh, I want to upgrade. It's like, no, don't don't update. Just freaking show me the thing. All right, where is this person? You knew what I was going to say. Uh, let's see. Lap, there it is. Get fucking out of here. Jesus Christ. There we go. Okay. Let's see how we started. So I was selling 4 gig of RAM online. And I get an email stating, you need to tell people that this is for Mac-only machines from around 2011. And she gives me an example of, of stuff on uh, of a a type of RAM online with the basic uh, details of, you know, specs and stuff like that. So I, she's telling me I need to do something to sell this stuff. Okay. I simply reply back. Uh, let's see. Mm, they'll fit virtually any laptop that supports DDR3. I just throw that back at her, okay? I just threw that out that it's like it'll support virtually any computer that supports DDR3. And it is. There's many different num- There's That is sort of true. Actually, for the most part, it's true. Okay, it, it is. I don't want to hear it. There's sometimes you do stick in some RAM on a computer, and maybe the RAM is either too old or too new. And in the DD, in that certain edition of DDR3, like it's PC six thousand or PC twelve hundred, whatever. She says back to me, "Not true. I have some. They don't work in most of my HP laptops. I have at my PC store. I own HP and Dell. Very hard when it comes to PC eighty eighty five hundred. And I just replied back. I offer to test any memory that I sell before the buyer leaves, okay? And number two, you're not a buyer. There's the thing. I was pretty, you know, cordial about it. But here's the thing. If you're not buying, fuck off. If you're not buying, you're, you're simply, if you want to know more about it, okay, or you want to challenge me on it, number two, I said in the email it'll fit virtually any laptop. I didn't say in the details it'll fit virtually any laptop. And first of all, if it is DDR3, most of the time it will fit just about any HP, any Dell, any Compaq, any Toshiba, any whatever, okay? And for and, and yeah, our MacBooks books a little picky, but for the most part, no, okay? I generally don't have a lot of, I very, very, very little of the time. First of all, I'm trying to attract buyers. I'm trying to attract interest. I want to sell these things. I don't want to sell something that's not working. I want to sell something to somebody who we test it, it works, we agreed to give cash going along the way. This woman is not helping me. This person is not helping me by telling me this is not going, oh, what am I going to do? Go and change the thing? No, I'm not going to change it. Look at the fucking thing. People know what they're looking for. If they're going to change, if they're going to upgrade the RAM in their computer, they generally know what they're looking for. They know what they're looking for, and they pretty much know how to put it in themselves, or they have somebody who's going to put it in themselves. Okay. And like I said, if you're not a buyer, fuck off. These FYI people, FYI to FYI people, mind your own goddamn business. All right. If it's not, if if you're not buying, if you're not buying this thing from me, then I don't want to hear from you. You're wasting my time. I should send this bitch a bill. That go and that doesn't go just go for selling, you know, stuff online. It goes for anything. It goes for relationships. If you hear about somebody doing something on the side, I have to say to yourself, does it really benefit you to talk to that per- to talk to these people about something, you know, that's really none in your business? 
uh, unless, unless something severely illegal is going on, is it any of your business to get involved in the relationship to begin with? FYI, I just wanted to let you know that this person did something in the past with that person. I just wanted to let you know that he was involved in like in, in a in a bat in a uh, an assault about ten years ago. Oh, he had this thing. I don't. know. I just thought you should know. Well, I just thought you should know that your opinion matters not. I just wanted to let you know that you what you're doing right now is lowering your value in my eyes by literally opening your stupid mouth. These are the these people are annoying. They serve no purpose. Their first name is probably Karen, and all they do is go out of their way to make other people's lives miserable in order to make in order to raise their value in society when they never had any value in society to begin with or they gave it up for some unknown reason. And I'm sorry, yeah, I know. I generally use women as a thing because men uh, we generally fight our demons on the inside uh, as well. So let me see here. Where I want to go with it. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of weakling men around too. I have to let you know, even though I'm here sitting here with a nice red shirt and a lovely scarf and a cup of coffee with fine coconut cream in it. But still, uh, I'm a dude. I live a dude lifestyle. I do what I need to do because I'm a dude, and I don't need anybody's help. Well, except for the laundry lady, but I pay her well. The idea that if you're going to FYI me in these certain things, I'm not interested. I'm not interested at all. Nowadays, you can find out whatever you want about anybody for any reason. So FYIers, that's just a game of telephone. Those people are now useless. And you can say that to people like, I just thought I'd let you know. You can just say to these people, and you know these people. They're gossip machines. They do it to stir up drama so that they because their Netflix queue is now empty because they've already gone through every fucking episode of Grey's Anatomy. So they need to stir up some new shit so that they can watch it on Facebook later. Okay? I'm going to repeat that. These people have already blasted through their Netflix and Amazon queue of all the drama series. So they decide to start up new drama so that they can post it on Facebook later or tell friends about it later so they can watch the shit unfold right there. And that's how they'll get their kicks on a Saturday because they're not going to wake up early and do anything productive. They're just going to sit there and they're just going to finger blast the thumbs up and the thumbs down with the angry face button all fucking day on Facebook and Instagram so that they can entertain themselves while they're ruining other people's lives. These people exist. And we should round them up and put them in camps. <laughs> Speaking of that, I did want to talk about World War II in color. Um, so... FYI to FYI people, you're no longer valuable because we can find out pretty much anything we want about anybody nowadays online, all right? You can go up, you can literally go to a store, and if their name is on there, and name is on their, their tag, you can literally find them online. It's, it is crazily and creepily that simple. So the idea that, and that's why my website is completely uh, transparent. So I, and... The, re the things I don't talk about just don't have any... They're just not interesting. They're just not interesting. I'm not going to talk about my problems. I mean, unless it's, it, it's a value to you to possibly learn from it. But these people, they don't serve any value anymore because if you want to know something about somebody, you can go and find out about it. That's easy. That's what girl... I mean, uh, women have their girlfriends all the time go out and they all they do is go out and search the... Inf they search the fucking planet for the, the righteous gemstones of the guy that she's thinking about dating. And then they report back to her with all, why well, this is his ex-girlfriend, and this is the this is where he used to work, and this is what happened when he was a kid. I found a picture of him from lacrosse back when he was 16. Uh, and, then they re and then that's it. And then they follow him secretly online. 
They follow that guy secretly online, and maybe he knows, but maybe he doesn't. I think nowadays he does know, and if he doesn't, I'm going to tell him about it. FYI, just so you know, those bitches are following you. The idea that they're following you around online, sleekly watching what you're doing. Now, you would think they would be cheering uh, something. For the most part, the girlfriends of the girl are rooting for her and her relationships to succeed. There are some out there that are like the fucking Persians in 300 and they are going and they are secretly watching him to make to see if any there's anything that he can misconstrue so they can fucking stab him down and relish the victory of just ruining this relationship or at least trying to. They go out of their way to just turn that knife and ruin it all so they can get some kind of devilish demonic uh enjoyment out of it. Guys don't care. Guys don't give a shit. And that's my problem with the demasculization of, of a lot of these males, these beta fucks, that they, they go out of their way to wear skinnier jeans and poofier mustaches to try to look more masculine. Dude, you would not, you're not Tom Selleck, okay? You are no, you, there's no, Tom Selleck is a man, and you cannot emulate, it's a disgrace, the fact that you've got, like, two-inch legs and a six-inch mustache, it's deplorable. That's disgusting. You should be fucking ashamed of yourself, and you should have your mustache badge removed. Mm. That's a victory sip of my coffee. So, FYIers, and the dudes, let me tell you something. I see a lot of weak-ass dudes out there right now, and I find it horrible. They wear their stupid shoes that have no arches in them, and the tread is on the inside of the shoe. The, the tread's on the inside of of the shoe, whereas normally you have like a, if like a boot, a boot has an external tread, whereas if you see like a Chuck Taylor or, or, or a small Teva shoe, it, you know, it's like a Converse shoe, the tread is uh, inverted on the, on the, sh- on the bottom of the shoe, so you actually, you're, st- it's, it, it serves no purpose whatsoever, all, you're still gonna slip and slide on the ice, you're not gonna get any traction if you, if you're at the starting line with the gun going off, you're still not gonna do anything, they're completely useless, they have no arch support, but that's okay, because you don't do anything that would make you want to sweat anyways, except for beating off and fucking, uh, uh, you know, crying over a a girl who won't, uh, send, uh, reply back to you in your DMs, so you're, basically, you have, and you have no physical, uh, uh, control of your of yourself you're just constantly uh you don't take care of yourself physically you don't uh, um do anything of to make yourself more to look, look more valuable be more valuable to society so you try these little approaches where you try to look like a hipster and you wear the cool shoes and you put on the mustache to make yourself more uh, seemingly more masculine and you try to be every girl's friend that doesn't work that does not work you're nothing more than that fucking Bikram yoga guy. Actually, he was more masculine than you were. If you can make any sense out of all of this, please just let me know. But the idea that these people that they're trying to use their social skills, you have to have some type of actual physical appearance before you start to exercise your social skills. And if you look, and even if you are, the jokes are out there. If you're five six or five eight compared to the six foot and up guy, I get it. You're short. You still got game though. You just need to take a little growth hormone. Change up your change up your your uh, your your closet with your clothes and stuff. You got and you got a chance. There's a lot of shorty girls out there that just love. They just want a wide dude, okay? Or they just want they just want a cash grab, which is fine. So you still got a shot. But these beta dudes don't need to be acting like these FYI chicks. 
I don't like being around people. This is a great year to take stock in the people that are in your life and deciding which ones stay and which ones go. Or which ones need to go and which ones need to be on the back burner for a while. And there's people that you don't have to be in constant contact with them 24/7. There are friends that you don't ha- you may not you probably won't talk to them uh maybe talk to them like 3 times a year. You maybe talk to them 2 3 times a year at the most. But they they could be some of your closest friends. They're living their lives. They're processing hardships and and joy and sadness on a daily basis. And all you can be doing is interrupting them while they're trying to process that information. Dude, we don't hang out anymore. Dude, I'm going through some shit. You know, so you need to let your bestest friends live their life. And when they reach out to you, that's when you play your best friend card and you're like, yo, man, hope all is well. What's up? That's how you do that. That's how you and that's what alpha that's what true alpha bros do for one another. Is they let them do their thing, and then when those dudes reach out, that's when you become bro number one. That's how you do it. That's how you become a best man, or or, or a groomsman, or you get invited to weddings, or you get you become notoriously reliable. With girls, it's it's a different animal. But I can tell you, I can't tell you what makes a great alpha chick. I can tell you what makes a fucking beta twat, and that's the whole FYI chick. Okay, the short-haired blonde Karen. Nobody likes her, and she's just she ruins communities. She's a community ruiner. She's just the gossip queen. Nobody likes her. But as far as FYIing, that's there's there's you have to remove those people from your life completely. And it's it's easy. You just stop answering their messages. You unfollow them on 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 social media, because all they do is they go online and they do those passive aggressive. Uh, what do they call them? Cryptic postings online, and you can tell. Just look at their Facebook profile. If they if they're trying to make themselves look aggressive or mean or sassy, get rid of them. They're useless. They're fucking psychos. They serve no value. But, um, modesty. There's a little bit of modesty that's needed in the world nowadays. And like I said, I'm trying to uh, stumble my way through some of these ideas and concepts in my head because there's a lot of truth to them. There's a lot of truth to them. And you know these people. I'm talking to you right now, and you're thinking of that person. I'm telling you, there's that, there's that gossip queen. There, there's that fucking beta male in your life. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, yeah, that person. Yeah, that person. You got two options. Tell them to step up or fuck off. Those people are important. I'll lose friends this year, most likely. I've lost family. I've lost friends. I've lost relationships. I've lost all that stuff. This year? Nah. It's still early, though. Still early. It's only a few weeks in the month. It's only been about a week and a half since Windows 7 went obsolete, supposedly. Last year, eh, one, maybe two, I think. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to it. It does. It matters. It matters not. It matters not. Because there'll always be new people down the road. And I recently, what was the quote I just made in the last one? If you walk with purpose, you'll never walk alone. So if you're a fucking alpha and you do, and you do your thing with purpose and you don't waver on it, there's people that are going to follow you. There's going to be people that walk with you be like, yo, that's how he is, man, but he's fucking cool. And that's the thing you need to take into account is when you do things and you have a purpose and you stick with it no matter what anybody else is saying, you start gaining traction on it, they'll start to take you seriously. So those are the things I want to keep in mind. The FYI people, they're just anchors. They're just dragging you down. They're just trying to slow you up. You don't want those people around when you go to collect. 
So mind your goddamn business. Just so you know. The um I've been his funny is I found all of what back about mm, I'd say about what five years six a year, six six seven years ago I had like this big uh like now I have the coffee thing on my wall of all the coffees I drank I had a a frame on my wall of all the movies I saw from since like two thousand eight like all the ticket stubs all the way back to like when I the first one was two thousand eight it was a Jason Statham movie uh called Death Race Death Race that was a great movie that was a really fun movie. I saw that in San Francisco with my buddy Beffa. Uh, and then from there, I just started collecting the, the ticket stubs, and I put them on the wall. And that's what, start, that's what started the movie review section of, the, of PositiveSarcasm.com. And ever since then, it's been like between – it's probably like 500 movies I've reviewed and posted on there. I still have to post 1917. But um, they're all on there. But then, you know, when my life went culling, I, I – you know, those, those, that frame went bye-bye. But I just opened up a drawer the other day as I was doing some cleaning because it's January. That's what you do. Clean out your sock drawer and other things. And I found probably 20 ticket stubs. Crazy. Like just from the past, I'd say, two or three years, I found all kinds. I found The Foreigner with Jackie Chan, Thor Ragnarok, uh, Rambo Last Blood, Joker 1917, Avengers, Avengers Endgame, Kong Skull Island, Blade Runner 2049, Star Wars. I'm not sure which one. Creed 2, John Wick Chapter 2, Ford versus Ferrari. I mean, just all these cool-ass ticket stubs. So I put some of them under my uh, under the glass on the coffee table, and uh, it's kind of nice to – I mean, I can still do that. I can still like the coffee fr- uh, frame that I have now on the wall. I can quite possibly start a new ticket frame. And it's just – it's great little – it's a great little piece of art that I can um, – I could just start again. I just it's really great. What the hell's up with my volume? It's not up it's not as high as it should be. That's weird. Oh well. It'll still work. I'll amplify it later. It's fine. No worries. <laughs> I don't know. This happened um I think about six months ago when I was pod when I had the old post uh old podcasting room and it was it was weird. I was looking at the amplification and it wasn't as high. Just one of those things, I'm not really sure what that's all about. But I bet you it'll be fine once I do a little amplification. It still comes out nice and clean. <laughs> so, yeah, the World War II... Yeah, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. World War II in color. Back in 2009, they had a like a 13-episode ep- series about World War II, and they took all the footage that they could find, and they put it in color. Well, they just did another one. Uh, it just dropped on Netflix uh, about, a, about th- two or three months ago in complete color. And two... There was one or two episodes in that I really took interest in because I blew right through them. That's generally what I do. I like to. I mean, binge watching is awesome. It's it's a fun thing to do. When it's ten episodes, man, you can dive right in. Like Leonard Kenny was seven. This season of Leonard Kenny, seven episodes. I blasted right through it in like two or three days. So these there was two episodes. There was the uh, bombing of Dresden. Bombing of Dresden was interesting because. We'll go a little back. We'll go. Let's do do some history here. This is something you should know. The bombing of Dresden was this back in the uh, back in the early nineteen forties. It was like nineteen forty four, I think it was. Nineteen. Uh, it was actually. I have it listed right here. Let's get rid of this. And okay. 
and it has all these you know back alleyways and whatnot next to the river. When you walk dur- when you walk during it, it creates these channels of wind that are extremely aggressive. And if I wasn't you know jacked and awesome, I'd get sucked down the middle of them. Well, imagine what would happen to like a five or six year old kid who couldn't stand up straight. Well, it's this, it was the same effect. Only we're not dealing with cold winter wind. We're dealing with actual fire sucking oxygen through these corridors, these tight corridors. So a mom and her kid would go walking past this corridor that was on fire, and the kid would just get sucked right from their mother into the freaking corridor. It was nuts. There's nothing they could do. Just that much force taking place. And it's an entire city that was on fire and engulfing itself in several different directions. And everybody was out on the street trying to flee. And as the city was on fire and all the damage was taking place, the Americans showed up in the morning and bombed the city again. And like I said, this is a city with, and people were down in the, in the, in the, in the basements. If, su- if there were subway channel- channels that people could hide underneath or tunnels, the fire down, the heat down there was so intense that they, they didn't survive. And the few bombing shelters that were that were available that you know everybody held up in, those ones turned into ovens as well. Everybody got roasted. Now Goebbels, after the third bombing, Goebbels, who was the propaganda hype man for the German for the for the Nazis, he sent out a a memo stating that as propaganda, he said two hundred thousand people died. uh, During the during these after these three attacks, which is false. It was actually twenty five thousand. 25,000 is still a lot of people. He based and leveled Dresden. Now, what would you now you can argue whether or not this was a smart decision or a bad decision or what have you. That's not for me to really debate on here. Although I am going what I'm going to drop on you now is a little bit to something to something to think about. In Dresden, 20 there there was three bombings of Dresden within a 12-hour span. 25,000 people were killed. However, in the next episode, it talks about the liberation of Buchenwald, which was a work camp, as you'd say. But most work camps uh, back in the, in the 1940s, German work camps, those were death camps also. Auschwitz, Birkenau, uh, Treblinka was a straight death camp. Uh, but this one was talking about the liberation of Buchenwald. There were reports where, forget about 25,000 people in this 12 hours period, the Germans, at the height of their extermination of the Jews, were pumping out 15,000 deaths per day. Systematically killing 15,000 people per day. Factory style. And this was going on while Dresden was being bombed, before Dresden was being bombed. So... Take that into account, how brutal that those two sides of the coin are. But I wanted it's it's and that was that's not just one bombing was like that. There was when we took when we bombed Tokyo towards the end of World War II, killed hundreds of thousands of people. And but that was a different because the Japanese were not gonna surrender. They weren't. They were gonna fight to the very last man. The problem was, if we invaded Japan, 
mainland Japan, there would have been millions of deaths. And it took two, two special weapons, dropped one after another, to cause them to surrender. But that bombing of Dresden was completely different. They were trying to demoralize and terrify and make the German people turn on the Third Reich. And may have actually quite possibly done so. Because the Germans weren't going to get the bomb. They weren't going to get the bomb. Albert Einstein and all these other guys, Oppenheimer, all these other German dudes, they were already working for the Americans. We made a deal. We got those guys out of there and made them work for us. Made them invent NASA and shit. So... It's a little bit of history. You can look up Dresden, D-R-E-S-D-E-N. And you can go and check out this series on Netflix. It's quite insane, the, the, um, the shit that, I mean, I've already known about the damage and the death and pretty much the toll. I've seen all the pictures. I had a giant big red book about World War II way back in the day. I'm, but I've always been fascinated with it. No matter how many uh, things I watch about it, I'm always trying to learn more, different angles, different discussions, different uh, historians. With their, with their two cents on it, and I always find it fascinating to watch the, these things. And just new footage is discovered. You'd be surprised. There is a ton of footage from World War II, a ton, from all different angles, from the invasion of Normandy, Operation Overlord, to the Battle of Britain, to the extermination camps. There's footage from there too, because the Germans would take that information back, those videos back home with them, to their families. Or show it off to their friends. It's just insane. But that battle, that bombing of Dresden, it may not, it wasn't necessarily the beginning of the end, but it was, it just shows how brutal war can be from another angle of, well, we're the, we're the good guys. Well, this is what the good guys did. They, and it probably got the point, of, it probably would have gotten the point, of, I get it. It was a bit over, over much, overdoing it with three bomb squads. Two sets of Lancasters and one set of B-17s by the Americans. But it was designed to tur- make the uh, German people turn on the Third Reich. And may or may not have successfully done so. But 25,000 people in one day, gone. Just like that. Just an interesting his- historical piece that you know I think you guys should look into. I'm not saying that because we're we're not on the verge of World War III or anything like that. Just it was something I read and I thought it was watched and I thought it was really fascinating and I wanted to share it with you because that stuff oh it's it's good to learn about. It's very good to learn about all these things and to know f- from each angle, from whether it was the bombing of Dresden or the liberation of some of these German death camps, because there was hundreds of them. Every time that Germany invaded another country. They were, in, they were creating more work camps because they needed materials. And they had the slave labor in the German Jews, in the PMW, in the POWs, the Polish Jews, the Czech Jews. They had all these. Eventually, the Germans just wanted to get rid of them. They just wanted to, you know, okay, good. Make them work, then kill them. But they had all these POWs. They, they had all this free labor. Good. Mine the materials. Move, this inform- move all this stuff. Get it to the front lines. Turn it into tanks. We'll turn it into bullets. We'll turn it into supplies. You guys do the work. If not, we'll shoot you. So the idea that every time they moved into a new country, whether it was Czech, whether it was Poland, uh, whether it was France, uh, uh, you know, Belgium, good. We got new materials. We got new supplies. Get these people. Make them work it, and then get it to this. Get it to the troops. 
They also would recruit troops from those countries as well. Fight for us. Um, so it's it's fascinating to to see this information and uh, relay it to you. I think it's I I do think it's important. So I don't know. I I want I just want to talk about it. It's I I find this shit utterly fascinating. The you know this wasn't long ago, was not long ago at all. So uh, I want to do get into some. Let's see, forty six minutes here. It's always an interesting podcast. At least to me it is. Uh, oh, I just want to say hi to all the new subscribers. Wherever you guys are, whatever country you're from, uh, I just want to say, hey, I appreciate you jumping on board and you know giving this a listen and adding this to your selection of podcasts that you listen to. And uh, you know, one week at a time, a couple podcasts at a time. If you have questions or comments or concerns, you can go ahead and hit me up right on my website. Just click on the contact button there and just send me your questions or comments. I'll read them out if you want me to, whatever you want. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, just go to positivesarcasm.com, email me there, and just type it and just put in the subject line podcast guest. And I'll hit you back. Okay. So we're at 47. Let's finish up with some QA. I got some cool dig QA. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to need some coffee for these ones. This first one's kind of interesting. Hmm. Woo! Okay. Here we go. Dig Q&A. Should I try to get pregnant even though my boyfriend says he isn't ready to have kids? I am 24. My boyfriend is 30. He is a fourth grade. He's a fourth grade. He's a fourth grader. He is a fourth year medical school, medical school student aiming to become a surgeon and highly likely to become one with his test scores so far and adore him in every, in every single way imaginable. We've been dating for a little over a year, and he is the most kind, gentle, smart, honest, loyal, hilarious man I have ever encountered. Basically, he's the perfect human being. Why is he dating you? He insists he does not want children for five years, but I feel very ready, and I feel as though he is as well, even if he does not say so. His father almost died last year, and he is not looking too good this year. My mother and my best friend support me, and I believe my family would not be upset I believe his family would not be upset if I fell pregnant either. However, I realize this is a huge decision and want to talk about it with as many people as I as I wish, as I can wish. Unfortunately, I cannot do in person since this is such a personal topic. All right. He needs to get rid of you, first of all. If you're thinking about okay, that's the one thing that's a betrayal. All right. You don't need to speak for him. You don't need to think for him. He is focused on right now. Well, okay, here's another. Here, let's take. Let's start from here. Number one, he is in school to become a surgeon. Do you have any idea how much it costs to go to school to be a clinical surgeon? He's gonna come out of the. He's gonna come out of, of college, half a million in dollars in debt, and now he's gonna support a kid too, and you. Because you're obviously not going to be working. So now he has to take his half a million dollars in debt, find a job that pay, helps pay off his debt, supports kiddo, and supports your stupid ass. That is, that's, that's betrayal. Because you're lying to him. By, that's, that's a huge lie. It compromises the relationship significantly. And, there's a, and I can see how you're doing all this stuff. Kind, gentle, smart, honest, loyal. You want to keep him. And you're thinking the best way I can keep him is to pop out a kid. That way he can't leave. And worst case scenario, he does leave. He's hooked for child support. Guess what? You're a fucking psycho. I, I, 
um, I hope he figures this out and cuts clean because that's such a terrible that's a terrible thing to do. That's an absolutely terrible thing to do. How could you possibly think something like that? First of all, absolutely not should you be trying to play with this guy's finances by going ahead and making yourself unemployable, basically, by crapping out a kid and then putting him on the hook for 18 fucking years. It's absolutely 100% selfish, and you should not be doing it because he's a young cat. Even though he's 30, yeah, he's 30 years old, you're 24. doesn't matter. His decision is to not have kids finish out schooling, and then figure out what to do with his life. It is not your prerogative to make decisions on his behalf that could possibly change his life overall. He may love the kid, but he won't love you after you do something like that. So talk to him about it, and if he says no, that's the end of it. And if you push the issue, you're going to find he's not going to be there the next day because he realized you're crazy. So that's my thoughts on that one. Let's get to number two. All right. How should I not respond when my friend complains on social media about not being invited to parties I go to? I have an amazing group of friends and neighbors with whom I love to enjoy outings, parties, and events. Depending upon the host, venue, or situation, the guest list is not always under my control. A lot of these gatherings get posted on social media. A childhood friend of mine who knows none of the other ladies comments on the social media posts that her feelings were hurt, that she did not get invited, and that she must not be very much fun. I am at a loss as to how to respond. I have told her before that it wasn't up to me who to invite. It wasn't my home, or I could only invite very limited guests. This does not seem to stop her from commenting. She does not live in our area. She does not know any of the other ladies, and it makes me feel terrible. Am I in the wrong? No, you're not in the wrong. Number two, this person is way too needy. And number three, this happens to me constantly that I don't get invited to shit, and I don't care. I'm not invited to stuff because they don't want me there. If I'm not wanted somewhere or if I'm forgotten about, that's life. You get forgotten about all the fucking time. You're not wanted all the fucking time. So guess what? If you're not that much fun, work on yourself. Or maybe it's just not your group. It's perfectly fine. You're not supposed to be part of every group every time, no matter what. Some, a lot of the times, it's you just go along your way. You have shit to do. If you're commenting online, that's the worst sort of person right there. That is the worst sort of person. I've talked about some terrible people. I've talked about Karens. I talked about secret people trying to secretly get pregnant. I've talked about Nazis. I have this and this and guess what? This one is one of the worst. The passive aggressive friend. That is the horrible one. And I've talked about the the social media shit posting is the worst. It's just it's so it's so disrespectful. I don't get invited anywhere. Nobody likes me. Well, this isn't going to help your cause. I don't like being invited to anything out of guilt. I don't. It, it does not work for me. And plus, I'm always doing other shit. Okay, and I totally get. Uh, here's another thing. Say you have a group. Say you're a person. Okay, let's just say for 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 a quick second, you're a human being, and you have a group of and you have friends that all make more money than than you, or have more free time than you, or all have different jobs than you which means they have other options or other ways of going out and doing stuff that you necessarily can't attend to because of other, other responsibilities. Or they always go and do things that you can't afford. Should they feel guilty for g- being able to go and do things that they can do but you can't? No, they shouldn't. They've earned that. They make a lot of sacrifices in their life 
to put themselves in that position, if they are in that position of working that hard and making that much money to being able to go and spend that type of cash or do that type of thing, and you can't, no. They don't have to they don't have to feel guilty, nor should they feel guilty at all. And no, they should not spring for you either. Okay? Talking to talking from coming from a former freeloader, I don't like to be I don't like to do that. I'm not worth that. So if I'm not worth it, you're definitely not worth it. And that person who's complaining about not getting invited to anything, that person is definitely not worth that or your time. Now what you can do, here's one thing, is work up to that position where I, if you start being seen as somebody who can afford to go to these things or can make time for those things, then you may get invited more often. Or maybe not. It's fine. Like I said, the person who walks with purpose is the one who never walks alone. Okay? So the idea that you should... It, the, it is true. This person who always whines on social media that they're never invited to anything, they're not doing anything to worth getting invited to. Or the people that are always out and doing shit... Maybe they're irresponsible also, and they're not working full-time, or they're constantly blowing off work, and they're not going anywhere. And in the, in the short term, they're doing this, but in the long term, they're not going to go anywhere in life. So why should you be worried or concerned about that person or you not getting invited to go out and do these things when they're going to just not have any cash or not have any future whatsoever other than that what they're doing right now? But I'm gonna. That's a. That's an offhand. That's that's a different case. The fact is, is these people. This person never gets invited to anything and always complains about it online, and that is the circle that will continue to happen. She doesn't get invited to some. He or she. Excuse me. Guys complain too. This person never gets invited to anything. Therefore, always complains about it, and the cycle continues as they will. Well, this person always complains. They will never get invited. And let's say that person does get invited one time. And then something bad happens. That person, something she gets too. That person gets too drunk, or that person um, complains about it, or doesn't really have anything to say. If you're not interesting, then you're not going to get invited. You know, I remember I one. I remember this one time I got invited to a thing, and I show up and my car gets totaled. Guess what? And, and you know what? And I made it like it was no big deal. I was like, I, I, you know, I tried to play it off the best I could about it not being a big deal. And try not to make it a burden. Because now all of a sudden I feel like it's my fault that I've ruined the party because my car got totaled. Uh, which wasn't my fault. Although I felt like it was my fault for parking in that spot. So I, I like I said, I have that click in my head where um, if something, if I'm not entertaining, get out of the way. If if I'm not being interesting, leave. But if I'm not invited, it's it's been fine. That's cool. And this person who's always complaining online shouldn't be invited, shouldn't be talked to. And quite frankly, if you're seeing it online that they're constantly complaining, that means you're friends with them online and you need to disconnect with them. Or you need to, you know what, nowadays, tell them to knock it off. Be like, listen, you're being a douchebag because you're constantly complaining about online about not being invited to anything. Well, the reason you're not being invited to anything is because you're not fucking interesting, you bring nothing to the table, and quite frankly, people don't trust you. So you got one of two routes. Fuck off. Or get it together and make yourself interesting. Don't and don't put up a front either. Don't front being interesting. Actually, become something that matters. So, this person, you should, most part, that's too much energy to confront these people. You can do it if you want, though. So, from that note, 
overall, the easiest route is to disconnect with them and just stop contacting them and just not have them involved in your activities. You don't need to explain everything to everyone at every moment. You just need to get rid of them. Lighten your load. Makes life so much more easy. We are at 58 minutes, and that is a wrap on another weird Wednesday. Uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, supporting me along the way, asking interesting questions, sending me articles and uh, links to information that I generally will sometimes use in the podcast. And uh, if you want to be a guest in this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com, uh, click on the contact section, and just almost you can check out my YouTube channel on there. You can check out all my social links. You can check out my old articles and the new one I just previously posted. And you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on facebook.com slash POS sarcasm, where I live stream every week, and I will be getting some uh, new gear for the streaming portion of this company shortly, after I upgrade all the computers, of course, first, first things first. And then, of course, you can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict. You can find me on pretty much wherever there's podcasts being streamed. You can find me and download me there. If you need posing music for bodybuilding or fitness or you need 60 seconds for your Instagram shit, go to positivesarcasm.com and look at my posing music section or simply request it. But until then, uh, I will talk to you guys in a few days on my Sunday Leftovers special. And that is pretty much it. I want to thank you guys for listening, watching, subscribing, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.